Shalom, this is Rabbi Talmud Davis Hart from Beth Elohim Messianic Synagogue in Florida. And I'm bringing a lesson on Parashah number 28. This is Mitzorah, the person afflicted with Zarat. This is out of Leviticus 14.1 through 15.33. If you have any questions or comments about this uh, podcast or anything that you would like me to speak on in the future, please visit our website at rabdavis.org. And there is a link uh, for Ask the Rabbi, and I'll be happy to uh, entertain your responses. Thank you. So I had a question about two living clean birds described as a sacrifice required for the purification of one who has Zaran. And the question was, why did the live bird have to be dipped in the blood over running water along with the cedar wood, scarlet yarn, and hyssop? Isn't that cultish? This is a question that's very valid for those who have not learned the context behind the literal text. Indeed, in order for translation of any text to be correct, its concept behind the literal word is what must be understood. I recently completed a course on transcultural nursing in which one of the references used in the course stated this very same truth. A word-for-word -word translation cannot reflect the true meaning or concept of the text if the context is not understood. And so it is with this passage and any other thing that you uh, study. Again, it's no coincidence that this parasha is read just prior to Pesach or Passover. Uh, we'll see the connection as we explore the scripture. Just as the law mandating the separation of those who had Zerat was very strict, the same law was gracious in restoring the individual healed of their illness. So right away we see the law and grace of God's Torah, not to the exclusion of the other, and Yahweh Yeshua himself. It's important to note that this healing was not affected by man, not the priest, not a witch doctor, not a naturalist. We can and should always seek the Lord's intervention on our behalf when we need healing or curing, but even when we seek treatment from a health care provider, God often works through professionals and others to help heal. In the end, we must acknowledge that God can and does work through others at his will for his purpose. And this truth becomes clear when the priest went to examine the one who had been healed. While it was necessary for the priest and no one else to grant permission for the individual who was afflicted to proceed with the ritual or process of cleansing, the people understood that the priest could only pronounce one clean. He was not the one responsible for the healing. This was and is left to God. Note the parallel between the priest having this exclusive duty and Yeshua as our high priest being the one to declare us clean once we go through the process of repentance, reconciliation with God through Yeshua's sacrifice, and then begin our walk on the king's highway, God's Torah. The difference is that the priest was incapable of effecting a healing. But Yahweh Yeshua can and does cleanse and restore us to his fellowship if we do our part. The process of cleansing was very complicated and full of precious truths that parallel the cleansing process today. The priest gave orders most likely to the relatives of the person who recovered to bring two live, ritually clean birds, cedar wood, hyssop, and a scarlet string. The order was given for one of the birds to be killed so that its blood could be caught in a pot made of earthenware that already had clean, fresh running water. The pot had to be clay because once it was used, it had to be destroyed. 
the blood in this pot was used in the restoration of this one particular individual it would not be efficacious in restoring another individual we can see a parallel here to the restoration process of individuals today no one can save you except yeshua we're individually accountable to god and no one else can save us in the end the death of one bird became identified with the physical illness of the individual while well, reminded of the exchange of life principle. This concept is spoken of in the Brit Kaddisha, so-called New Testament, where Shaul, Paul, speaks of the new man in 2 Corinthians. This new man concept means that we are to live what we profess, to be forgiven of our past sins, found in 2 Peter 1.9 and Romans 3.25, clears the way for us to then walk forward in the ways of God, His Torah, His laws and instructions, not the traditions of men that Christians get confused with God's laws. We are not free from sin, but now we have the ability and the power through Yeshua, His sacrifice, to overcome our animal nature, the human nature, to sin. The restored individual had the requisite, as do we, to live what we say we believe. That is, deeds, actions, and works according to God's definition and not the tradition of man, the oral Torah, followed by many rabbinic Jews. The life of the bird that was killed was given to the recovered individual to symbolically represent the sacrifice that was made on his or her obligation to make life changes. The running water that also had to be fresh was symbolic of cleansing and purification. Recall in the Brit Kaddishah the description of blood and water flowing from Yeshua's side in John 19. It was a symbol of the carrying away of fleshly uncleanliness so that the restored individual was cleansed of his sickness. This description of the purification process is the basis for what is described in the Brit Kaddishah and must be understood before one can understand the references and use of this combination of blood and water used in the so-called New Testament. The priest took the live bird, the cedar wood, the hyssop that was attached together with the scarlet string, and dipped them in the pot of running water and the blood of the slain bird, which represents new life. The fresh running water represented the living water, Yeshua. The restored person was sprinkled seven times. The individual was pronounced clean, and the live bird was set free. So let's talk about these objects in more detail. Cedar wood resists decay and corruption. Hyssop has a very pungent odor, thereby rendering it resistant to corruption and decay as well. The scarlet string that tied the cedar wood hyssop together represented the blood that cleanses one from sin, corruption and decay. The thread that was necessary to hold the other objects together represents the need for all of them for full restoration. The water and the blood together emphasize that restored individual was cleansed by receiving a new physical life. The sevenfold sprinkling represented a perfectly complete action, purifying and restoring the Israelite. It's incredibly interesting that the definition of a true believer, get this, the definition of a true believer is found seven times in the book of Revelation stated in various ways, but always indicating that a true believer, now this is according to Yeshua, 
carries the testimony of Yeshua, that means becoming reconciled to God through Yeshua's sacrifice, and guards the commands of God. If the laws have been done away with, as Christianity teaches, what does this mean? Well, there's a big error on the part of Christianity because the laws of God have not been abrogated. He says himself, a true believer carries the testimony of Yeshua and guards the commands of God. You can go to the website at rabdavis.org, as I said, search out the sevenfold witness for the specific verses. The live bird, sprinkled with blood and associated with physical illness, was set free over an open field. The restored person understood this to mean that his old life had vanished and that he should never face that particular corruption again. I used to sing in uh, Christian churches, and I was amazed to see uh, when I went several times to one church, singing multiple times, people who were coming up the aisle every week. And I couldn't help but wonder, well, why are they continuing to ask forgiveness for the same sins? Well, that's a question that, that needs to be answered. We are not to fall into that same rut over and over and over again. We're to seek forgiveness and move forward just as the Israelites did when they crossed the sea. This means we should not repeat the same sins over and over. We're not perfect, but we are expected to straighten up and fly right. Yeshua's sacrifice does not give us a golden ticket to an ungodly lifestyle or complacent belief. The purpose of this purification ritual was to emphasize the innocent life required for our sins so we can be restored and saved in the end. This process did not and does not provide for an instantaneous, once cured, always cured situation. People can fall from God's grace. People can lose their potential salvation. It's clear that when we become corrupted, we must go through the process that takes time to receive forgiveness and or healing slash curing. Those are two different ideas, by the way. Just as one bird was set free, never to be seen again, our past sins are forgiven if we go through the process of restoration required by God. Today we don't have to use birds, hyssop, and cedar wood or scarlet yarn. These physical objects were used to teach us the concept of carrying the testimony of Yeshua and guarding the commands of God. The objects in the process of restoration reflect the crucial concept of what is required when we sin that we may be restored to harmony and fellowship with Yahweh Yeshua. When the process of restoration was complete, the healed person washed his clothes and shaved off his hair, and then he bathed. Washing is a part of the purification process that also has spiritual ramifications. Shaving the hair was an additional precaution to ensure full healing. Although the Israelite was then allowed back into the camp, he was not allowed to rejoin his family for seven days. If the healing was confirmed, the restored individual shaved off every hair on the body, washed himself and his clothes. But this was not the end of the process. The restored Israelite was not yet fully admitted back into the community until the eighth day, which represents rededication. This was a time for the restored individual to reflect on his past from which he had been delivered. He brought the appropriate offerings as he asked for dedication of his body and soul and anointing. 
He had to meet with the priest at the door of the tent of meeting, as if he were meeting before the Lord. The priest took one of the male lambs with a pint of oil and waved them before the Lord. The first offering, the male lamb, was presented as a trespass offering, which is contrary to the procedure described in 4 and 5 chapters. It could be that emphasis was on the specific sin of the individual, but was also a reminder that one of the effects of sin from the fall of Adam was and is illness. Another feature of the restoration process emphasizing forgiveness and the requirement to take personal responsibility for one's life and follow God's Torah is shown in the priest's application of blood on the lobe of the Israelite's right ear, right thumb, and on the big toe of his right foot. This is similar to the procedure for consecrating the priests. And indeed, according to 1 Peter 2.9, we are the new priesthood. The symbolism in this case is that the restoration of an individual has a spiritual emphasis regarding hearing and obedience reflected in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 11 and walking in God's ways. For the final step in the restoration process, I encourage you to study the remainder of the Parashah that's located again on our website. For time constraints prohibit going further into the subject on this lesson, but I do want to make one more comment on the co contaminated dwelling. The process of decontamination and restoration of individuals, clothing, and or homes were intended to make the Israelites and us aware that we live in a world of sin and that we cannot hope for restoration, spiritual cleanliness, or forgiveness without Yeshua's sacrifice paving the way that we might be saved in the end. Again, salvation is not guaranteed. We're always in the midst of evil, but there's always a way out. Paul mentions this as well in 1 Corinthians 10.13. Regarding the necessity for deeds and works as part of the equation salvation, Yeshua tells us, again, our God, Yeshua, tells us that, quote, Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give it to everyone according to what he has done, unquote. That's in Revelation 22.12 for those who say all of the laws in the Old Testament have been done away with. We must live and act like the believer we profess to be. Amen.